inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. Now we are in the new year 2021, and one of the things that has been uh, away from for a while is TEDx Talks. But today we're going to uh, talk with a guest who knows really a lot about TEDx, is super, super involved in these events and will tell us many interesting things about that. Today my guest is Elena Herdikerhoff. She is an award-winning serial entrepreneur and successful TEDx speaker with over 3 million views on YouTube. Elena is the CEO of Red Dot Stage, a TEDx speaker coaching company that specializes in helping visionaries land, craft, and deliver viral TEDx talks. She is a storyteller at heart and firmly believes that great TEDx talks can shape our conscious awareness and create a foundation for progress, change, and innovation. Hello, Elena. Hi, Oscar. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. My pleasure. It's really great talking with you, Elena, and definitely very interested in, in hearing uh, what TEDx has been a bit away for a while from us, but yeah, you will tell us how things are coming back. But first, I would like to hear a bit more about yourself. So please tell us how your life uh, led you to become a professional speaker and a coach. Yes. So um, I probably had a very unusual start in the TEDx world because I've been a serial entrepreneur since my mid-20s and I've built both product and service-based businesses and um, I had a cosmetic business. And when I sold that business, uh, I decided I wanted to go into a more business coaching to help my fellow uh, sensitive entrepreneurs succeed in their businesses and in the world. And um, in that context, I thought and I felt that it's really time to change how people think about sensitivity. You know, sensitivity in society is seen as such a negative thing. It's seen as a weakness. And I really wanted to change that. And I thought, how can I get this message out there that sensitivity is a power? And I had this dream and vision of doing a TEDx talk. And I even put it on my vision board. I thought, uh-huh. you know, one day I'll do a TEDx talk. <laughs> <laughs> and then through some interesting uh, circumstances in one of the network groups I was in, Somebody shared the possibility to speak at a TEDx event in Paris, and I decided to apply, and that um, landed me my TEDx talk much quicker than I thought, um, and quite unexpectedly, Mm -hmm. and I did my talk on the gentle power of highly sensitive people. And as you rightly said, this was in 2016. And by now it has reached over 3 million views. And that still shocks me. And the reason that shocks me is because I don't come from the speaking world. I haven't even been to a Toastmasters class. My claim to fame was uh, speaking at my brother's wedding speech. So I I had no training as a public speaker. Um, I didn't have a huge 
platform. I wasn't really known. I don't have any books out there or anything like that. And it just goes to show that somebody who has an idea and they really care about their idea, they can get on the TEDx stage and they can reach a global audience um, and, and really make a mark in the world. And, and this to me uh, really fired me up so much that I decided um, that I wanted to help other entrepreneurs, visionaries, experts do what I did, meaning share their, their truth, share their message, share their vision and ideas on the TEDx stage, help take them through the process and ensure that we have more uh, life-changing ideas available to us as a collective so that we can all literally and in very practical ways often make this world a better place. Yeah, fantastic. And so it means that you started in business, you became a coach first, but it was TEDx that, uh, you can say TEDx made you a speaker. Uh, yes, <laughs> TEDx is my speaking career, if you like. Yes. <laughs> And after that, of course, many um, public speaking gigs came thereafter mm -hmm. where people then sought me out because, mm -hmm. you know, when you have a successful TEDx talk, and I think that's maybe also interesting for your audience to know, is a successful TEDx talk is really like having the Oscar of the speaking world uh, sitting on your mantelpiece somewhere. And, and that means that you get found and looked for for e certain events, conferences, you get booked, um, even paid speaking gigs are, are the norm when you have a successful uh, TEDx talk. So that then propelled me into giving a lot of talks, which wasn't even something I had planned to do at the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, as you said, uh, your topic was sensitivity. I watched your, your talk already uh, a few months ago and I well, it's excellent, obviously, that's why it has millions of views. And is, is this type of talk that You hear the, the speaker at the beginning, okay? Yes. And suddenly you feel, oh, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. the talk ends. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You want to take people on a journey and you want to make it um, interesting and exciting and touching. And you, I think the, the speakers that do best on the TEDx stage are those that really show up with their full authenticity, mm -hmm. with their heart, with their passion. And even if they're not trained speakers, um, if you just show up uh, as, you, as how you are and you just share your innate energy with people, I think that comes across extremely well. Yeah, could I agree more? So we also know that TEDx for the circumstances we have had in, in, the, in the recent months, uh, at some point, TEDx completely vanished. No, no, no events. But I heard that um, they were coming back. Um, but I still haven't watched any of the, the new TEDx talks. Uh, please tell me, since when the, the TEDx came back and how has been now in these new circumstances? Yeah, so... For me, of course, it's very exciting to be able to say that they are back <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because there was a, a, a short break um, while TEDx organizers had to um, kind of change strategy because, of course, to date, previously, TEDx talks only happened in, in real life you know, venues. And now many have settled for online formats. Um, so this is a whole new way of doing TEDx talks that was never done before. And now what we found is TEDx talks are back and there are 
several avenues in which they're back. So the first is there are also real life events that have come back. And so these are either events that are organized in very big venues where people can sit in a spaced out manner to make it um, as safe as possible. And of course that depends on the country you're in. Some countries allow this, others don't depending of course on circumstances, but so some live events are back Um and you also have now a lot of digital TEDx talks. Now, there are um, a couple of formats for that as well. So one format is um, actually almost a hybrid model between a real-life event and a digital talk, meaning that they ask speakers to speak on a ghost stage. So there's nobody in the audience, but they are actually speaking on a physical stage and they're professionally filmed. Um, so that's that's mm -hmm. one alternative option. And then you have the option of filming yourself at home with your, you know, kitchen as your backdrop, if you like, um, that you have those kind of TEDx talks or where you um, film yourself behind a green screen or in a professional video studio. And then you're digitized onto a uh, digital TEDx stage. So these are all the different formats um, that are available right now. Okay. So in the, in the first type of, of uh, completely digital uh, means that, the so the speaker goes to a to a venue and it's going to be almost alone just with the camera people and yes th that's, mm -hmm. that's the idea okay that's right and in the second one yeah you're at home and in this the second, second one you're at home and then the third you can also be at home um with a green screen though um okay. or yes. in a professional um studio with a green screen where they can then digitize you onto um a quote-unquote like a fake TEDx stage. So it kind of looks like you're standing on a TEDx stage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and are any of these uh, live? means that it's going to be Friday at 5 p.m. Everybody can watch it one by one? or, or Yes. Some yeah. are live and mm -hmm. some are pre-recorded. So some, some do it in a live format. Some don't. Um, so it depends on the organizers. But right now you have almost any... Any combination you can think of is available right now. Some who do Zoom marathon days, mm -hmm. some who <laughs> some who do it more like an online conferences where they release the individual videos to look at. So there are a whole different variety of ways and every uh, TEDx organizer has the right to choose however they would like to do it. So you see um, many, many, many different variations of all of these things. I see. And... What has been the final result? What would you say? I mean, do you like it? Uh, what do you what do you watch? Um, so I think um, what I like is that the ideas keep being spread through this medium, and I think uh, people have uh, new expectations now of what they expect from a TEDx talk. You know, because the whole world has moved to kind of Zoom based formats. <laughs> um, I think people are much more forgiving now about. Mm. Um, you know, video and audio experience not being as they're used to from TEDx. So I think that's a really positive thing. And I think um, these talks still do extremely well on YouTube. So that's, these are all great things. For me, personally, as a speaker, uh, if I think through the lens of a speaker, I thrive more with a live audience. But having said that, a lot of my clients also tell me that they're so happy they don't have to travel anywhere. They're maybe more, you know happy to to do this in their own environment perhaps they don't like so much having an audience or they're maybe more shy and they actually thrive in this format even better so i would say um this has opened many more possibilities 
for everybody. So I think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. And all in all, um, now we are um, we are talking in end of the 2020, beginning of 2021. How compared to when it was completely uh, in presence in auditoriums, There are there many of these events or the number of events has has decreased is growing what, what would you say so usually typically you find uh, anywhere around like three thousand five hundred to four thousand events happening every year mm-hmm. um, in spring summer a lot of events were cancelled mm-hmm. uh, because they were of course planned as live events and people didn't quite know yet how to do it how to pivot to the online versions that are existing now so what I expect is that for 2021 we probably will see more or less the same numbers mm-hmm. we've seen before uh, just a big mix of digital and real life mm-hmm Okay, so in 2021 the numbers will will be back That's I think I think they will be back because now most of the organizers have have kind of landed back on their feet and they they are now um, keen to put on their events keen to showcase their speakers and because everybody's much more comfortable now with the digital formats I would expect we're, we're back to normal in terms of the amount of events yeah okay very good yeah I definitely want to go I heard about very few events to be honest on like people who interact network but yeah hopefully I will I will be hearing more and more from from the, Yes from I think places. especially also as the year goes on and and I think people <laughs> feel generally more settled in in life again um I would expect a lot of events to come back around um summer autumn of 2021 I think that's when the numbers will really pick up again Okay, let's hope so to, to, to watch nah, amazing, yes. amazing talks again. Yes. So as you, uh, you work coaching um, speakers with all different type of uh, levels, people who, who are still in, it's a dream to, uh, to have a TEDx talk and don't know what, what are the steps. Uh, also, you might be coaching people who are, have done already one or have done, are used to speaking in audiences. Um, Let's go to the to the reason to uh, to do a TEDx talk and I think something you have a lot to say about that. Uh, who should the speaker on a TEDx talk? Yeah, that's a question um, I love answering because um, I actually feel, um, although I know that's not necessarily a realistic goal, but I feel everybody has a TEDx talk in them because everybody has an experience, a know-how, Uh, wisdom of some kind to share with the world that if more people knew it um, the world could be improved in some way so I think very often people put the barrier of entry for TEDx talk too high thinking they need to have invented a cure for cancer to be good enough mm-hmm. quote-unquote to be on the TEDx stage or done something outstanding or phenomenal to deserve to have a spot and my philosophy is is that Every human being has an idea or a story worth sharing. And it's about more people believing in themselves and being brave um, to own that their idea is meaningful and that it needs to be shared. So I think whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you've done 10 speaking gigs, whether you've done zero, it really doesn't matter. I think it's just about digging deep and finding the one thing that you know, really makes your soul catch fire. Like what is that one thing that if you could create your legacy in the world, what is the one thing you'd love to contribute to the collective? 
um, how would you like to change the collective? And, and if you go from that vantage point, then I think we would have um, even more amazing ideas being shared on the TEDx stage. So that's kind of like, I think the who is like this. And then um, in terms of what a TEDx talk can do for a speaker, there are many, many uh, positive effects, of course, of doing a TEDx talk, depending on if you're a business owner or not, it's probably even more impactful for business owners, because a TEDx talk really helps you capture a global audience for your idea. Many get contacted also to, um, you know, create and write books on the back of it, they land, they land book deals, um, they get asked on uh, stages all over the world to speak on on paid or unpaid um, speaking gigs they get asked for collaborations they end up on many podcasts um, a lot of collaborations and other opportunities come on the back of that so I think you know a TEDx talk is 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 a wonderful way also to um, connecting with the world at large also for business opportunities but also outside of the business opportunities also on a more personal level I've never experienced such a level of deep feeling of connection with people all around the world. Every day in my inbox, I have um, such loving emails of people who share their life story with me, who tell me what my talk meant to them, how it changed their life. And it's so beautiful to see how somebody can be on the other side of the world and they share an experience and connection with me. And I think that alone is bringing us more together and, and coming together and building a community around your idea is just a magical thing. Yeah, definitely. I can, well, of course I can imagine. For instance, <laughs> when I, when I just get some feedback from, about my podcast from someone who I don't know, of course, it's, wow, it's, it's great that I'm doing something that it's uh, inspire others, helps others. So it's, I understand the, the, the feeling you are, you are describing. And of course, yeah. TEDx talk can do much bigger, can reach huge audience. Um, so, for someone who, um, as you as you said, everybody can can has some something inside, who can transform into a TEDx talk. Um, what would what would you say the the starting points or the the process? You can also tell us the process from someone who say, okay, yeah, okay, Elena is is encouraging about this. And I might have some idea, but I'm not sure if it's a good idea. It's interesting. So what would be the process for someone who who believes I want to have a text talk or I'm considering? And yeah, how do I know which idea is good for that? Yeah. So an idea is almost the same thing for me as a soul mission. It has to be something that you feel you're very knowledgeable about, where you feel you have genuine expertise in that. It doesn't have to be academic expertise. It can also be expertise from a life experience, but that you really feel well-versed in that. Then you want to feel that you have a novel point of view about this, that there's something unusual about how you see this. Then you want to have a look also, are there other TEDx talks already about this topic? And are they talking about the same thing? that you want to talk about? And if so, um, can you find a different angle? Can you find something that's unique to you to make it special for you? Um, then you have to see also, okay, you have this idea, fact check it with other people. And by fact check the idea, what I mean by that is 
share your idea with people that you know and see how do they respond. Are they interested? Are they curious? Would they like to hear more? Um, so share it with a few people and get their their feedback from them. Find out, is it an idea that has power? Is it an idea that captures people's uh, passion and interest? And then you can start drilling, drilling it down and maybe also for yourself, sifting deeper into the idea, looking at what is the core DNA of your idea? What is the outcome you want your idea to have in the world? And you kind of look even beyond the TEDx talk. You have to see, okay, what would my idea help people do? Does it help people change how they think? Does it change behavior? Um, does, it, does it increase curiosity? Um, what, what do you want your idea to do? And if you, if you feel you can get satisfactory answers for that, then I would say it's, it's probably a good indication um, that you have an idea that is worth exploring. Yeah, some... Yeah, it's of course a good idea to, to share with others to get some some feedback, some validation about that idea. Uh, but as you said, there's different type of ideas, right? Can be experience, um, point of view you have. Uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. And then when let's say someone feels that okay, this idea sounds like um, people like it, they're interested, get good feedback. Then in in the process. Uh, The next would be the applying, correct? Applying to the to some looking for some events because there are so many in the whole world now that it's possible to to do it virtually and, yes. and applying for that. Tell us that that part of the process. Yes, I can tell you the process. So at at Red Dot stage, we've developed a five step <laughs> process, mm -hmm. and everybody who wants to do a TEDx talk should really follow this process. So the first step in the process is is finding your idea. And then settling on the idea. So that's that's the first step of the process. And the second part, actually, we recommend that before you even go roll out with your applications is that you write the talk. And the reason for that is, is that writing the talk itself will give you real clarity on your idea, will give you clarity also where there might be gaps in your idea so that you can fill it and course correct before you reach out to curators and before you apply because when you when you work with your idea that's when you really see is this the right idea do i have all the information i need do i really feel that i am meant to be the ambassador for this idea this often becomes extra clear in the scripting process and in addition to that when you do apply for events Um, and you can actually show your talk and your script to a TEDx organizer, um, it's much more powerful because instead of saying, I'll write a great talk about this idea, you can say, here, look at my talk. This is my idea. And then uh, they kind of uh, don't need to buy um, the cat in the bag. They already see what you would actually share. And then they can decide if you are the right speaker for them based on your actual talk versus just your summary of what you would like to talk about. So we recommend to do the scripting prior to the application process. Um, and then the stage thereafter is the application process. And that, of course, is all about finding the right TEDx event for you, um, applying and then passing the curator interviews. Um, and then, uh, of course, then going on the actual stage. So the application process is key um, to, to 
you know, landing the right uh, one for you. And of course that can take um, a short time. It can take a long time. So um, in our experience, applications can range normally that you can apply anywhere between 15 to 45 TEDx events before you land a talk. So that's the average that you'd be looking at. And typically the timeline um, that you're looking at also is three to nine months before the date of the event you could apply. So curators start looking in general for their speakers in that time frame. So three to nine months. And then um, the last two parts of this is um, getting uh, ready to deliver the talk. So it's actually memorizing the talk, uh, rehearsing the talk, getting comfortable with the script. So that's the speaking phase is where you really uh, make the, the talk your own. And of course, it has to be incredibly well memorized. So it no longer feels memorized. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last phase, but certainly not least, is the marketing piece because a great TEDx talk requires marketing. And it's very important that marketing is done effectively because um, you want your talk to be seen by the world. So that's our job as TEDx speakers is to make sure that we have a good marketing plan in place. And that's, for example, something we work on intensively with our clients is uh, on their marketing strategy to make sure that the message really um, reaches uh, everybody around the world that should um, hear about this message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Very, you have a very, very clear process, five-step process. Coming <laughs> back to the uh, one of the last one you mentioned, the applying. You said that. Yes. Yeah, I understand that you have to do it uh, well in advance. So some, sometimes I, I uh, it, normally, if you know about the event, often it's too late, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> so what uh, what piece of advice can can you give in that in that process? For instance, uh, I think you mentioned that you. How do you find your uh, your TEDx talk, your your event in your in your personal case, for instance? Oh, so in my case, I found it through this uh, networking group I was part of, and mm -hmm. one of the organizing members um, had posted that there was still one spot left, um, and it was a kind of a last minute spot. And um, I applied alongside many other people, also applied for that last spot, um, and I was very lucky to get it. But this was in this instance was um, through a networking group. So this is th mm. this is really something that can happen by chance, of course. But if you want to uh, be in charge of your destiny, we recommend that you directly uh, apply for these events. And the best way to find them is actually on the TED.com website. You can see which TEDx events are hosted. You can choose your, your preferred timeline. You can choose your geographic preference. And you can have a look regularly which events are happening. And then uh, go to the individual events of the organizers and submit your application to them. Yes, exactly. In, in, in the TEDx TED page, there, there is a like a calendar you can see uh, yeah, exactly there is like an online calendar that you can that you can look at and you can filter the events there mm -hmm. and some of these events uh, give um, given like an open application and some some don't right some don't and some do um the ones that don't it doesn't mean you can't apply i i would recommend you can still apply in this instance you would look at for example who the organizers are yes 
and see maybe you can catch their attention on LinkedIn or Twitter or say, hey, I see you're organizing this event. I would I would love to share my idea. This is like in short what my title would be, what my um, uh, synopsis of my idea would be. Um, would you Would you have a way for me to submit this to you? And if they're interested, very often we found that curators are quite open to that and um, that if you manage to capture their interest, then, then, you, then you might land in their application process, which might not be visible on the front, but does absolutely still exist on the back end. Yes, definitely. And to, the, to your last point, that is marketing. And that's something that not many people talk about that, the marketing of a TEDx talk, when people talk about the preparation, of course. But yes. once it's done, uh, I think most of speakers believe, okay, I go to YouTube and I, I might have already 2,000 views. No? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell a bit what are the good tips or that are for, yes. for marketing. So what is good? What you, the, the basics that uh, every speaker should, should be aware? Yes. So um, what I had done myself when I launched my talk is I had put together for myself a a kind of 10-point viral marketing plan of all the different uh, organic uh, strategies I wanted to put together to um, get the snowball effect going because the way you want to see um, a viral talk is the following way. Your job as a speaker is not to market your talk forever and ever and ever. Your job as a speaker is to really do an initial strong burst of marketing attention to your talk so that you garner a good amount of views so that you can rely on the people who watch the talk to actively want to share it with others and then that these people share it with the next set of people. So a real good viral talk has not so much to do with marketing as it does with the quality of the talk itself and the talk itself being very shareable because it's meaningful to people. So the real virality lies in the talk itself, not in the marketing strategy. Like I always tell my clients, a great marketing strategy cannot... Um, kind of make up for a talk that doesn't capture people because nobody is going to share a talk they don't really want to share. But what, what we can do is we can ensure that enough people see our talk that the sharing happens. And so from, from what I recommend is that people put together a really good plan of action and they see this like they're launching something, like they're launching a product or service And they see, you know, for example, who could they reach out to? Do they know any influencers? Do they know any, any, any people that have big email lists or big social media following that could share the talk when it goes live? Um, can you reach out to your own network and audience and email list if you have that kind of thing and, and, and ask people to watch and share uh, with their loved ones and also, of course, have a good social media strategy maybe do some blog posts about it on, on big name channels like medium.com, for example, and submit maybe your TEDx journey or experience there. You could even release um, a small press release about your talk. There are many, many, many different strategies that you can use, including even some paid ad strategies like Facebook ads, YouTube ads. There are many different things you can do to ensure your talk gets the uh, viewership it deserves. So I always think as speakers, we, we have the responsibility to make sure our talk gets seen. Our job is only done 
when really we have managed to get uh, a viral impact where the sharing happens organically. Like for example, my talk was in 2016 and actually since 2016, um, I haven't marketed my talk, but it keeps growing anyway between two to 4,000 views every single day. And that is not because I'm doing any marketing because I'm not, it's because people keep sharing and that's what we're aiming for. So it's about creating a short burst the initial snowball, mm-hmm. and then we let the avalanche develop from that itself. <laughs> yeah, excellent. That's a good metaphor. But yeah, it's absolutely agree. You have to make a great talk, and yeah, and you have to do some, some, uh, some marketing, some, some actions to to spread the word, keep spreading. Yes, uh, the that's right. Especially okay, that's very important. Elena, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? My favorite quote. Yes, um, it's by Anais Nin, mm-hmm. and uh, she's one of my favorite writers. And she says, a life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. And uh, I like that because when we get out in the world, whether it's in our business, on a TEDx stage or wherever, we all need courage to, to have the most impact we can in this world. So that's why I love this quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great one. Could you now recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring, influential for you? Of course, I would love to. So one of my favorite books is actually the book Autobiography of a Yogi by uh, Yogananda. And interestingly enough, um, it, is the, it was used to be the favorite book of Steve Jobs, who apparently every Christmas um, bought several carts full of this book and gave it to um, friends, associates, and employees as the most life-changing book. And he said he read it every year. And um, I understand why it's really a life-changing book, and I can only recommend others to read it as well. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the book that Steve Jobs used a Christmas gift every year. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's right. And actually, one I have, a, although I'm no Steve Jobs, I have also already gifted to many, many loved ones in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, about that uh, anecdote of Steve Jobs, and yeah, great to hear that also has um, impacted you. So that might be a fabulous book as well. So finally, I would like to ask you: give us a practical advice, uh, an exercise that we can do regularly, a routine to shine. A routine to shine. Well, for me, I would say what has helped me, and it sounds incredibly mundane, but um, to create a little morning routine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm not a morning person, so this was hard for me to do, but to, to do a bit of meditation, breath work, and a fresh juice that I juice myself in the morning, either a beetroot or a celery juice, has mm-hmm. really made a big difference to how I start my day. Um, and, and some um, like deep yogic breathing and meditation really creates a lot of clarity in the mind and the juice in the body. So this is what I love doing. It sounds very good. Which one first? <laughs> so the way I do it is I start with my juices first. I go okay. to the kitchen, I, I get my juice uh, going, and then um, I, I uh, then drink my juice, sit down for a bit with my juice, and then I will just um, meditate for a little bit, um, maybe like 15, 20 minutes. And then when I feel I have that clear mind from meditation, then I will do some pranayama breathing exercises. 
Right, excellent. Yeah. You started a really energized. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Elena. Was everything you have been sharing today, your story and, and things that can be done in TEDx, especially now they are back. And I'm sure it's, it's really priceless for, for many people who are dreaming of having a TEDx talk. So thanks a lot yeah, for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Oscar, for having me. Please tell us uh, if people can want to learn more about uh, what you do or get in touch with you. What are the best ways? Yes. Um, thank you. I'm glad to share that. So you can go to red.stage.com. So that's red.stage.com. And there's only one actual dot, which is before the com. Um, and there you can also find lots of blog posts about viral marketing and speaking tips and how to land a great TEDx talk. So we have lots of great and helpful blog posts there for your audience if they would like to find more information about TEDx Talks and of course also about how to work with me you can find everything on red.stage.com Excellent Again it was a pleasure talking with you uh, Elena and all the best Thank you so much all the best to you Oscar and thanks once again for having me I really appreciate it and hello and goodbye to everybody in the audience <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 